Welcome back, everybody, to the Fantasy Golf Bag Podcast. My name is Drew Matthews, also known as Red Kachik, and we'll be touching on the Sony Open this year, 2022 preview. Um, Want to do a couple quick reminders as we get going in this podcast. Just like last fall, trying to keep these nice and short, 25 minutes-ish. Um, some ran to 30, but we were just having a good time. And then uh, if we can always keep it close to 2025, that's ideal because I think there's too many podcasts that go too deep, and um, I don't want this to be one of them. There's, there's not at this point. There's probably there's got to be like 10, 12 podcasts out there. Um, I'm sure that each all have you know positives you can take from them, but want to keep this one short, uh, especially as it's a solo show as of now. So we're still getting the the wheels turning back at fantasygolfbag.com. <clears throat> if you weren't aware from last year, going to FTN with Skyler and and Axis. Um, I left FTN in, excuse me, in August, I believe, rebooted Fantasy Golf Bag. We basically did free content projections and ownership throughout the fall. Um, And then this year, we are trying to revamp a lot of the tools that you may have remembered if you subscribe to Fantasy Golf Bag at any of the the last five years. So when we started this in, I think it was February of 2018, um, obviously a great 2018 season, 2019, we had some really cool optimizer tools that we added on to it um and then 2019 into 2019 into 2020 with skylar bringing a lot of the uh rolling stats eap data spectrum data etc so working to pull that back in but as of now fantasygolfbag.com um, you can come sign up we have a promo through the end of january i think the promo code is millibag 22 and that'll save you 50 percent on your first month so again you can check out the pga projections the projected ownership um, my model rankings are loaded up, so you can already find that this week. And then, obviously, my premium article is usually up Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, talking through strategy for GPPs, a little bit of cash talk if, for those that do play cash, um, cash slash single entry, and then um, my top plays, so the guys that I'm really focusing on. Um, I do want to do a quick reminder that on Fantasy Golf Bag, you can find the best ball rankings, so you have two more days to draft your PGA best ball teams. So if you go to fourballfantasy.com, you can plug in my my best ball rankings. Dom also added his full season fantasy rankings, which are fantastic. So you can kind of blend the two or take one or the other or just eyeball it and add your own rankings on fourball. And then when you go to draft your teams, there's a, those are already preloaded. So it makes it a little bit easier for you. Um, again, you have until the Sony open locks at I'm Eastern time, so I think it's like two two o'clock Eastern time, something like that, on uh, Thursday. So you got like one and a half, two days left. So go to fourballfantasy.com, draft your teams. Um, they have a ten thousand dollar free roll, which is fantastic, and then a couple other contests that are uh, that are running for a ten dollar and a hundred dollar. I saw um, this morning. So find that for free. Uh, my rankings for free on fantasygolfbag.com. All right, let's go ahead and transition into the Sony Open. I'm going to talk a little bit about the golf course, not too much. Again, I don't want to dive into the specifics of a golf course. Like if there's any really key notes, I will definitely bring them up. So if you ever hear any of my course previews in the past and and definitely now, if there's anything that I don't talk about, it's because I don't find it very important. Um, I think in the past, and maybe, maybe it's gotten better, but there's like I said, there's 10 or 12 or more. I don't know how many podcasts are out there now. They're all going to try to really deep dive into, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, if you can really putt well from um, 
eight and a half to 11.25 feet. That's fantastic this week. Your approach shot should be 120 to 145 yards. That's great. But every player is different. Again, it, it's <laughs> throwing in a bucket of players and then pulling out stats doesn't uh, doesn't really correlate very well. Um, so I will talk about the key stats that I like. Again, they're all going to be very basic strokes gain stats, adding in strokes gain total, looking at birdies, stuff like that. Um, we'll talk about that here in a second. But the golf course. So the Sony Open has been played at Wyalike Country Club since 1965. It is the, I don't know if it's the longest running course for a PGA Tour event, um, like the single course unchanged. So it's a par 70, 7,000 yards. Looking through the last couple of years, I don't see anything in the change of the golf course. In fact, it actually has gotten shorter since like 2001. <laughs> so um, it's going to play to a scorecard length of 7,044 yards. So we know that means, you know, 6,900 to 7,000 yards most likely. But yeah, all the way back to, um, let's see, 1990, 1991, um, or I'm sorry, 1982, it's been pretty much about the same um, distance, 7,000 yards. The only difference is at 1999, they lowered it to a par 70 instead of 72. Doesn't really matter from a DFS standpoint. Um, someone asked me yesterday about looking at shorter golf courses or par 70 versus par 72, etc. Again, it doesn't matter. Um, strokes gain metrics don't really care because it's again against the field. So I don't really care about finding, um, you know, someone there, there's on the PGA tour, at least there's not going to be somebody that excels at a 7,000 yard golf course. And is just, is just awful everywhere else. And if that is the case, then the sample size is so small. It was not something worth relying on. The only caveat that I did mention to this person is course history has a place. So obviously a course like this, where we've seen the same event, um, hosted the same course over so many years, the players that are coming back to play, you're most likely have played here several times. So you can get an idea of guys that have played really well here over the last couple of years. Webb Simpson will be very popular just in the last four years. He's finished T4, T3, sorry, T4, third place, T4. So that's that's where the distance comes in, even though you're not looking at distance. So like the golf course. So like if you go to Colonial or RBC Heritage, yeah, the driving distance is going to be reduced. The... Um, the overall scorecard length is going to be reduced. It, it just doesn't matter from a full course um, perspective compared to other golf courses. So I look at it more at a course history level. Um, it's Bermuda grass, so I know that is uh, fun to look at. We've seen Corey Connors putt extremely well here, and that's that's totally fine. So I think if you, if you do want to look at Bermuda splits, that is fine. Um, Otherwise, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. I think, and again, going back to the point of kind of overanalyzing stuff, I think the main, at least in the past, and I haven't listened to anybody this week besides uh, besides Mayo, the uh, the old adage was par 72 down to par 70. You cut out a par 5, so now all of a sudden you don't look at par 5 scores as much. It's just, I, I think that's just a moot point, honestly. It, it does not matter to me because there's two less par 5s. Okay, just take those two birdies out of play. That doesn't make someone a good play to a bad play. It just doesn't work like that. So there's a lot of other factors that go into it. Um, I don't think there's anything too important left um, on the golf course perspective. So yeah, the, the scoring is going to be pretty low. I have not looked at the weather yet, so I will plug in the uh, the Fantasy Golf Bag live stream Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. typically is when we run it. 
so you can hop in the chat. A lot of guys in our Fantasy Golf Bag Discord are in there, and you can drop your questions about players or strategy, GPPs, ownership. A big thing from last week was ownership. I, I think that obviously with a no-cut, small field, um, DFS is going to be played against other people um, building lineups, obviously. So ownership is a big part of that. So we like to talk about some game strategy, game theory strategy. Um, so again, we'll talk about the weather on Wednesday. But for the last couple of years, we've seen a 21 under par, 22, 27, 20, 23. Um, only once in the last 10 years was a, a winning, or sorry, only, yeah, only once in the last five years was a winning score under 17 under par, less than 17 under par. It was 11 under when Cam Smith won it. Um, really windy, rainy, if I remember. Um, it was nasty. I'm pretty sure I remember that event. Uh, and he wanted a playoff over Brendan Steele. So look for a scores around 20 under par. Similar to last week, obviously just a par 70. So relative to par, it's not going to be as deep. You're losing eight shots there to par. Um with that, let's go ahead and dive into it. So like I said, I mentioned the uh, the, the distance, 7,044 yards, par 70. Looking through um, a lot of my old notes and looking through the course logs, the average approach distances are still going to be pretty long from 150 to 200, which is kind of ironic. I think the par 5s play relatively short for the actual golf course, but the par 4s still are somewhat demanding tee to green. So um, I'm going to walk through... Again, you can see the model rankings on fantasygolfbag.com. It's completely free right now. So you can go to obviously fantasygolfbag.com, click on model rankings, and you can view all these for DraftKings and FanDuel. Uh, also, projected ownership and fantasy points if you want to plug those into uh, Fantasy Cruncher or Rotor Grinders or whatever optimizer you, you like to use. So I'll just go through my top plays for this podcast and then I'll save my main stuff for my article. And then the live stream, I will put the cherry on top with kind of rounding into the guys that I like with the ownership. So the first guy I'll lead off with is Mr. Cameron Smith at 11-2. Uh, pretty nuts that he is now priced at 11-2, the strongest favorite in the field, and the ownership's gonna go along with it. So typically speaking, um, if the field, I wouldn't say it's weak. It's stronger than it has been in the past, but it's still like once you get below like 8,000, it's a little bit hairy. It's really tough to, for me to pay up for Cameron Smith. If he's going to be 20 to 25% owned, um, and if that is the case, we'll talk about someone else that's going to be a pretty significant value. But uh, Cameron Smith is, is going to grade out well for everybody. No issue with him. Obviously, won it a couple years ago. The problem is 11 2 making that work and his ownership is going to be high. So you're paying a premium and you're paying a premium on ownership. So grades out well, not a huge fan um, overall. So the next guy that I'll talk about really quick is Mr. Webb Simpson playing a little bit better. I think the narrative of course history, shorter golf courses, Webb's last finish was at the RSM and he finished eighth. And then if you look through his course history, like I mentioned the last four years, he has three top fours. So I think Webb at 10.5 is an easier pivot at about half the ownership almost to Cameron Smith. In cash, single entry, anything like that, it's really tough between Webb and Sungjae, and I would probably lean Webb just off of the course history. It's really pretty close, but that's if I had to take <laughs> take a stand. Um, Sungjae hasn't played poorly here. He's made the cut every year he's played it. But again, Webb Simpson T4, third place T4 versus Sung JM 56th, 21st, 16th. To me, 
that's where course history comes in a little bit more. And the ownership isn't very different. Honestly, it's higher on Sungjae just because he played last week. Um, Mark Leishman in 10K is the last guy I'll mention over 10K. So those are my main studs that I want to talk about. Cameron Smith probably won't be going to just because of the ownership. And the other three, Webb is a priority, Sung JM, Mark Leishman, <clears throat> and GPPs are my next favorites. Going down into the nines and the eights. So I only have five here in this range to highlight really quickly. Um, interesting point. So Corey Connors coming in this week would have been one of my favorites. Um, still is a favorite. Like I still like him at the price. 9,600 is not bad with his course history. But it's interesting to see how he's played this golf course compared to other courses. So we know him for his ball striking. Every week he plays, his ball striking is phenomenal, elite level, and the putter lets us down, lets him down, etc. This is the only event where it's almost the opposite. His approach numbers are not great at this golf course for whatever reason. His putting is f- phenomenal. I mean, just unbelievable, gaining like four or five strokes a tournament. Um, I... I He's not going to be crazy popular. I've seen some people talk about him, and maybe he gets to 20%. We have him under 15. Um, so I, I, Corey Connors is tough. I probably will have my player pool, but I'll definitely be talking about him Wednesday night. Um, Taylor Gooch is playing phenomenal. 9,100 for him. I like him a lot. 10, 11% for his ownership. Taylor Gooch is fantastic. Actually, let me see. How did he do... Um, last week, I think he finished eighth. Is that right? Sorry, 15th. So he won the RSM and then last week he finished 15th. So not bad. His course history here isn't great, but again, I like if I'm going to pinpoint on some stats talking about approach on this type of golf course, I don't think distance hurts you necessarily. Um, but obviously the irons for a par 70, 7,000 yard golf course, that's going to be more, more of the weight than off the tee, obviously. So Taylor Gooch at 9,100. Russell Henley, um, seeing some buzz around him at 8,500. He grades out very, very well. And then uh, let's see the last two, Maverick McNeely and Charles Howell III. Charles Howell III's course history here is also kind of dumb. And I think, let me find it really quick. So yeah, Charles Howell's basically dead, dead on the nuts at 8K. And his last three years, he's finished 8th, 12th, 19th. I would probably take a 12th, a 15th, a top 15. Um, honestly, you know, standing at it now, I'll probably take the T19 as well. But uh, 8K for him seems a little bit steep, but his course history has been phenomenal here. And these guys that have been around the tour since, I mean, Charles Howe's been playing on tour, what, since 2006, something like that. There's there's going to be a lot of course history for these veterans, if I can even dare say Charles Howe's a veteran, but he is at this point. And then, like I said, Maverick McNeely at 8,300. Um, seems like a good track for him. 7K range, and then I'll touch on just a couple top um, 6K guys, then I'll leave it for my article. And the Discord chat, we're, we're going nonstop in there, so you can join um, the Discord chat for free. You can find that on the website, a link in the uh, sidebar. Let's, uh, let's talk about the 7Ks. So, interesting... Interesting, guys. Maybe I'm baking in course history a little bit too much. Um, If I go down to, let's say, Keith Mitchell, he's played here four times, and he's got a two two top 16s, a 25th, and a missed cut. I mean, that's 
again, kind of like Charles Howell III. If I take like a T25 for him right now, um, I'll probably do the trick. The His recent form is not great. Let me find him. Yeah, so his best finish ending the fall was at the RSM. He finished 12th, which is kind of like a home course advantage for him there. Um, but he finished the year T56 at Mayakoba, T41 at the Houston Open. That's probably that's probably one of my favorites in the 7K range in terms of GPPs. He should be coming in under 4% owned. Um, Denny McCarthy getting talked about a, a good bit in our Discord. Aaron Rye at 7,700. I like him as well. Chad Ramey, probably my favorite all year. Um, I mean, honestly, Ramey. Ramey might be one of the guys. I, I need to find his price on FanDuel. But uh, Ramey at 7,100, he might be one of those guys. Definitely in cash, based on how well he played last year in the fall. Um, man, yeah, Chad Ramey at 7,100. Yeah, stay tuned. We'll, we'll talk about them a little bit more. So like on the fan, on the uh, Fantasy Golf Bag live stream Wednesday, I'll pull up some player cards and we'll talk through um, kind of their trends and how they've played on similar golf courses over the past year. So again, I look near-term near term results. So Chad Ramey at the top of my list for the cheap guys. Um, Adam Long is there, and then Alex Smalley is also um, a good value play at 7K. Going down into the sixes really quick, and then we'll get you guys out of here. Um, Hayden Buckley is a good play. Cameron Young, Max McGreevy, um, and then Rory Sabatini, the uh, the Serbian at 6,900. Um, Slovakian, Serbian, one of those. And that's pretty much it. There's there's some cheap guys that are going as you know showing as strong values, but I'm not that interested in in chasing the cheap cheap ones. Um, a couple of those names is like Chan Kim, um, Jim Kanos, who's coming back from injury, I believe. Uh, Jim Furyk's down there. Mark Hubbard. Mark Hubbard's all right. I, I played a good bit of him last year in the fall. But uh, below 6,500, I don't think I have any interest really in anybody. Um, but like I said, the article will highlight a little bit more in detail of guys that I want to go overweight on versus uh, versus elsewhere. All right, we are at 20, 20 minutes almost on the dot. So appreciate you guys tuning in to the Fantasy Golf Bag um, podcast, a quick preview of the Sony Open. So hopefully this this helps a little bit as far as like diving into the players. Um, again, I just talked about, I don't know, what, 15 guys. It's It's very wide open on this week. Our first week back, the biggest takeaway I want you to have is similar to last week. People can be very um, high on certain players going into an event. I think course history weighs a little bit higher because they are coming back for the first time in almost two months now. There's, there's, there's no way. There's honestly no way we can possibly know exactly where someone's game's at. Similar to how Kokrak finished the year in the fall great, played last week and looked like he should be on the Corn Ferry Tour if not unemployed, and then. This week, he's probably going to fit the bill like a Kevin Na um, when he won, where he played off at the Century Tournament Champions, and then he won the next week. So Kokrak, keep an eye on Kokrak. He's going to be a fun one to play in GPPs. Basically, if you want to take it in a small sample, the Justin Thomas situation last week. So in my article, Justin Thomas was my number one guy. I wanted a lot of Justin Thomas as a, as a high-end spend. Rom was close, but... I still like JT's course history. 
Thursday, you would think, man, you can't be any any further from cashing with JT shooting, what, 75 or something like that. And then he shoots, what, 60, 61? I mean, phenomenal play over the weekend. That's kind of the attitude I want to take towards a Coke Rack or anybody else in these first, we'll say, three or four events. Take it with a grain of salt. Wait until we actually see where these guys' longer-ish term form is, um, and then we weigh it. Right now, Coke Rack playing last week, that doesn't mean anything. Four rounds on that golf course, who cares? He, he, he honestly probably shot himself out of it. He got drunk every night after that. He didn't care. He's getting his paycheck. I don't even know what last place pays there. It's got to be over $100,000 um, or close to 100000 So semi-rant, I apologize. Take take the results, the recent results, even going into next week. Like Take these recent results kind of with a grain of salt. Don't just hold it to the numbers. They're not going to hold as true as you want them to. Um, same with Cameron Smith. I mean, if you if you take it to the other extreme, Cameron Smith should be a lock this week based on how well he played. And we know that's not the case. We know he's going to be have higher ownership. The price is elevated. There's a lot of things that go into it from a DFS perspective. Again, this is a DFS-centric podcast, not a betting podcast. Um, I will have a betting card up on Wednesday. But yeah, definitely take take into consideration that there's going to be some volatility the first couple events back for these guys. Um, traveling, all kinds of stuff. So apologize for the semi-rant. Um, I appreciate you guys listening to the Fancy Golf Bag podcast. My name is Drew Matthews. You can find me in the Discord. You can find me on Twitter at RedKitCheek. And I uh, hope you guys have a fantastic week, and we hope to see you Wednesday night for the Fantasy Golf Bag live stream. Take care and good luck. Bye.